Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. sun is going down and you know what that means. It's time for me to record another episode of my podcast, The Beautiful Dead. As always, I'm your host, Lena Nazari. Go to lenanazari.com to have links to social media, ways to reach me, my appearances, join my street team, my fanged family, all that jazz. Happy December. Happy December. So for those of you watching on YouTube, you'll see I'm in a new space. I have a podcast slash writing room slash home office now. I'm no longer relegated to the back corner of the basement. I'm very excited. Um, All of the November episodes were actually pre-recorded in the first week of November so that I had time to dismantle everything, get everything up here, you know, get it rearranged and all that good stuff. So I'm very excited about the space. That being said, please bear with me as I try and figure out the best lighting and the best sound and how I want to do this because it is a new space, but very excited to be in here. And I don't know if you, I don't know if he's going to make an appearance for us here on YouTube, but underneath the vampire Christmas tree, there is a sleeping kitty cat. If you can see it right there next to the package, Uh, Norman is gracing us with his presence. So maybe he'll come say hi. And you'll notice that the bottom corner of the tree no longer has the beautiful red ornaments. That's because he bapped them all off. So I've stopped trying to put them back on. Um, I'm already distracted. Oh, it's the first, first episode of December. And I'm actually recording this on December 2nd. So it's like the real time. Um, I'm recording this, so it's time for tarot. But I want to say for 2024, I have decided to go back to getting readings from somebody else because I just, sometimes I stress about how to interpret things and I just would much rather somebody else interpret it for me. (coughs) Excuse me. So uh, I will pull a tarot for December and then come 2024, I will have a reading from somebody else that I will read to you guys that breaks down each month. So we'll go back to the way that we used to do it. My little cough reminds me of my vampire tea of the evening. So I'm going back to my Wolfsbane blend because I sure do love this one. It is, um, uh, oh boy, if he's Stavros, if you're watching, I'm going to butcher this. Rooibos tea, mallow flowers, uh, vanilla bits and orange. I just love this one. I actually think I need to order more. So Christmas is coming. For the vampires in your life, go check out Vampire Tea Company. I have the um, link in the video and podcast description. Boy, do I love this stuff. I've been spoiled, I'll tell you what. So that's the one that I'll be doing 
this evening. So let's go ahead and pull our tarot. And I am going to have to look it up if it's a card I'm not familiar with because in the midst of our move, I don't know what happened to my cheat sheet, but that's all right. At least I'm being honest with you guys and I'm not lying. So let's go ahead and do this. Again, sorry to the podcast listeners because this is very loud in the mic and I know it is and I apologize. <clears throat> Hopefully everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving and um, you're all ready for the holidays and, you know, happy and all that good stuff and warm. All right. Ready for December? The Knight of Pentacles. I just, I think I just pulled this one, didn't I? Oh no, I had a page. No, I had somebody else last. The Knight of Pentacles. I feel like I pull him all the time. Let's go back. I have definitely had this one before. It's about achieving your wishes or dreams through perseverance and determination. So it's basically just telling me, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, be resolute in your plans and uh, finish what you have started. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So keep doing what I'm doing in the month of December. I like it. The Knight of Pentacles. If, you, if I didn't show you or you don't believe that's what I pulled. We'll set this over here. So I am a week out from doing Creation Nashville, which I'm very excited about. So next weekend I'll be there. So if you're not following me on social media, um, you need to go follow me because I'll be posting pictures from that con and from Nashville and seeing my friends and Nashville will be decorated for Christmas. So that'll be good. That'll be all over my social media. So go check it out. Um, looking ahead, I am doing this episode next week, which I promise is Bram Stoker's Dracula, because I know I said last week that's what I was doing, um, but I'll explain why I moved it in a second. Next week will be Bram Stoker's Dracula, and then the season finale, season three finale, can you believe it, will be all about psychic vampires, and I will have a special guest interview, so come back for that. That's December 17th, and then we will be done until after the holidays, when I come back in January with season four and we will be doing what we always do, which is looking at vampire materials we can be excited about in 2024. Um, and then uh, the one after that, the second episode of season four, I will have another special guest on, another interview, and that will be vampire comics. So I'm very excited, very, very excited to do that one. So make sure you come back for all of that. All right, let's jump into this, right? Because we've already wasted enough time. Let me know in the comments how you like the new podcast room. I, I wish you could see everything that's all around me. I'm finally getting to showcase gifts from people, gifts from family, um, things I've gotten at cons. I just, I'm just so, so thrilled with this space. So, all right. We are talking about Dampier. Dampier just showed up on Netflix November 22nd, but I have been waiting for it for a year. Uh, when I was at Monster Mania last year, I was able to meet David Morrissey and I was excited to talk to him. What a really, really nice guy. And he goes, oh, I was just in a vampire movie. So I told him, as soon as I can see it, I will review it for the podcast. So as soon as it popped up, I was like, well, I got to keep my promise to David Morrissey. So 
We're doing Dampier today, and that is why we pushed the much-beloved Bram Stoker's Dracula. So I hope you're not too mad at me. But let's go ahead and dive into this one, okay? If you haven't seen it, like I said, Netflix. You can see it on Netflix. Quick summary. Set during the Balkan War in the early 90s, Harlan Draca, haunted by terrible... I've already messed up. That's all right. I'm going to keep it in. Set during the Balkan War in the early 90s, that's the 1990s, everybody, Harlan Draca, haunted by horrible nightmares, wanders the countryside, shamelessly making money, pretending to be a dampier, ridding villages of what the villagers naively believe to be evil monsters. But when he is summoned by soldiers who are under attack by real vampires, Harlan finds out the truth. He is a dampier. While trying to destroy a terrible master of the night, he will have to learn to manage his powers and find out more about his origins. Now, for those of you who don't know, if you're new to the podcast or whatever, massive spoiler alert, I am going to ruin everything, okay? So in my review, I'm going to ruin it all. Be ready for that. And also, if you're new, that's fine. No shame. A dampier is half vampire, half human. So most often it is a male vampire impregnating a female human. That I think is what I have always seen when it comes to dampiers. Um, I don't think, yeah, let me know if I mess that one up. Has there ever been a female vampire who got pregnant? Bella got pregnant, but she was human. Blade is a dampier, but her, his mother was attacked by a vampire while pregnant. There you go. All right. Trivia. The movie was shot in Romania, which uh, you know how much I love Romania and I want to go and someday I will. But just so you know that this is actually based on a real Balkan belief that Dampiers are the only ones who can um, destroy a vampire. If you go back to my episode uh, Vampires uh, or how to, I think it was how to present or how to, per oh boy. This is going to be a long episode. How to protect yourself from vampires, whatever. Dampiers, there's a belief that they can, they're the only ones that can see a vampire, but they have to look through their shirt sleeve. There's a belief that they are the only ones that can actually find and destroy a vampire. So this is an actual belief. Uh, vampire crossovers. We had one. Sebastian Croft, who plays Yuri, who's cute as a button, by the way. Um, is in this and he's in four episodes of Penny Dreadful, which yes, is on my list of things to do. Oh my gosh. I, I, if I could just quit my actual job and just do this, oh, I'd be so happy. Um, okay. So let, I want to break some things down for you before we go into the review. Cause I don't want you to get confused in this world. You have the Dampier, half vampire, half human. You have the Lords of the Night, that's what they call them, but I will be calling them Master Vampires. So you have the Master Vampires, and then you have Lesser Vampires. So I will be clarifying Dampier, Master Vamp, and Lesser Vampires, just so you can follow along. All right, let's break it down. Relationship to humans. The vampires use the humans for one thing, food. Uh, other than the random time where a vampire gets a human pregnant, um, it appears that the vampires mostly just hunt humans, feed off of humans. That's it. That's what you're there for. Um, they're not like um, 
they're not the kind of vampires that are going to be like opening businesses and trying to assimilate and all that good stuff. So just so you know, they're at the top of the food chain in this world. Relationship to animals. We actually never see any interaction with animals at all. There's no reference. There's no feeding on animals. There's no animals reacting. There's no controlling animals. There's nothing to do with animals. Okay, appearance. So when you first see the vamps, they are completely human looking until the vampire uh, attributes start to show. And there seems to be varying um, levels of, of showing their vamp side. So the initial one is just the fangs and the fingers get longer and the nails get longer and the fingertips turn sort of like a black color. Then a little more than that, we see them looking a little more animalistic with like graying skin and more prominent features. I'll try and find a picture and put it on YouTube because this is so new. I don't know if I'll be able to, but if I'm able to, it's on YouTube right now. And then sometimes Tesla, who is a female lesser vampire that joins forces with the Dampier to help him, Tesla has completely black eyes, but it's not made abundantly clear why that shows up and goes away or what triggers the black eyes. I don't know. And just so you know, with these long nails and fingertips, they can actually slice a human open. That's not new. We've seen that before. The master for the most of the film is exactly what you would expect for a master vampire. Long black hair, um, black clothes, black trench coat. He has what looks almost to be like a light blue or, or um, light black tint to his lips, but exactly what you expect. Think about the master vamp from John Carpenter's Vampires, like kind of like that, who, by the way, is played by Mr. David Morrissey. And this master vampire is called Gorka. Now, there are several master vampires in this world, but we really only see Gorka until the end. Vampire T, so freaking good. <clears throat> now, when he goes full vamp, I'm going to have to screenshot and put it on YouTube because I don't even know how to describe it. He becomes monstrous and I wouldn't even know where to begin. So you're going to have to eat. You're going to have to just go to the YouTube video if you're listening on the podcast, just at this point in time, just very quickly to see a picture of Gorka when he goes full vamp, because I don't even know how to begin to describe it. <laughs> So we're going to move on. Fangs, too long, very long, retractable canines, exactly the way I like it. Blood, yes, these vampires are after the blood. And when they first encounter the Dampier, um, Tesla smells his blood and knows he's different. She doesn't know right away what he is, but she knows from his blood that he's different. And then another lesser vamp, uses his claws to slice open the dampier and the dampier's blood burns his hand almost like acid. So we come to find out that the dampier's blood can kill vampires. So that's an interesting twist. I like that one. So he's got like a whole body full of vamp acid. All right, not too bad. Food. We never see the vampires eat anything or drink anything other than blood. So I'm going to assume they don't eat food. Sunlight. The master vampires can be in the sun. The lesser vampires will burn in the sun. That being said, they can completely cover themselves. So think of Blade when we saw Frost come out with the motorcycle helmet and the complete body coverage. 
these vamps can also do that and be out in the sun. The, but um, it sounds like as long as they're completely covered, it's not like the sun makes them pass out or anything. Sleep. Like I said, we see Tesla awake during the day out in the sun just covered head to toe. So it's not like the rising of the sun puts them into a coma or anything. So I'm going to assume when it comes to sleep, even if, if they do sleep, we never see a vampire sleep in this. So for all we know, the vamps don't sleep. Um, but if they had to, I'm assuming as long as they're out of the sun, they can sleep anywhere they want. Holy items. We actually see a vampire on the roof of a church holding a cross. So holy items, obviously, not an issue for these vampires. Rules. Uh, I'll, I will say this. The vampires appear to hunt in packs. Every time we see them hunting, they appear to be um, never solitary. So they hunt in packs. Um, and it appears they have kind of like a hive mind. I say that. So basically the master can see through the lesser vamps eyes and speak to them and control them. So in that way they have a hive mind, but I don't know that they can speak to each other necessarily, but I know that the master is connected to all of them telepathically. Um, we never see them in a private residence, so I don't know if they need to be invited in. We never see a mirror, so I don't know if they cast a reflection or, you know, any of that stuff. I can't speak to that. So it seems like the only rule that they have is that they have to follow their master. Powers. They got a lot of powers. So they're extremely fast, agile, and strong. We're used to that with our vamps. We see one jump off a roof with no issue. So very agile. They're pyrokinetic. We see them call fire in their hands. They're impervious to bullets. And then the master is very, very, very powerful. So he's even faster, even stronger. We see him walking and he's like, there's like flames all around him and smoke all around him. So it's like with his very step. So I don't know if that's him conjuring or if that's a representation of his power. I know that he is able to um, have like a kind of um, magic. He's like telekinetic in the fact that he can kill people from a distance. He can shove you up against a wall with his hand, all that cool vampire stuff. He can make the lesser vampires do his bidding. And then at one point in time, he sends a hallucination to one of the human soldiers. So I don't know if he can get in your mind and make you see things, but um, that does happen for one of the humans. The Dampier has these nightmares and it's clear later on that they're like visions so the Dampier has some kind of mind power where he's like having these visions, but that's not, they don't really dive into that very well for us. Um, we also know that he can heal like a vampire. So that's kind of like a power in and of itself. Um, and then he has to go through a process at the end where he comes into his full power. And we will talk about that when we go to my thoughts. How are they made? So let's start with the Dampier. Obviously, a daddy vampire and a mommy human <laughs> make a baby, and that's where the Dampier comes from. Um, they're born into the world like any other human. I did find out that only master vampires can make Dampiers, 
and only master vampires can make lesser vampires. And we actually get to see this process at one point in time. Uh, Gorka like pricks his finger. There's one drop of blood. He drops that blood into a human's mouth and then the virus takes over. Um, and interestingly enough, Gorka's blood is black. So that's it. One drop. Um, and then at one point in time, the master has, you know, as villains do, he has a lovely monologue. Um, and he says, we've always been here. So they, they don't explain where the first vampire came from, where the first Lord of the night came from. So I don't know that, but, uh, he made it sound like they've existed as long as humans have. So, okay. How do they die? The lesser vamps burn in the sun. Um, and they can be killed by the blood of a dampier. So at one point in time, the dampier bleeds over a pile, like a, a big pile of bullets, which I thought was genius. He like bleeds all over them and they just roll these bullets all around in his blood and then use them to kill vampires. And I was like, Psh, nice. All right. Oh, and I'll let you know at the end how the master is killed. Are they good or are they bad? So when I first saw this, it was very clear that the vampires are the bad guys. That being said, Tesla breaks control of her master and rebels against him, kills a couple of her own kind. Um, that's another thing. At one point in time, she's fighting two vamps and she slices their throats and it kills them. So I guess you can die by having your throat slit unless the sword is something special. Like if she dipped it in dampier blood, I, I missed that part. So I apologize. That would make sense. Um, but she kills a couple of her own kind, helps the dampier, and it is implied falls in love with him. So that means that you can choose to be good or bad. Or Tesla is something special that we haven't really seen yet. That being said, um, the Dampier's best friend, Yuri, is turned into a vampire and he kind of fights off the master's control and he's crying and he's apologizing to his friend. So I guess you can choose to be good in this world if you're a vampire, but it doesn't look like a lot of vampires make that choice. All right, <clears throat> tropes I love and tropes I hate. There's a couple that in here that I really love. The first one being, I love when they have the trope of somebody faking something and then it turns out to be true. So we see this in like, you know, people f are a paranormal team and they're faking ghost evidence and then they get to one house where everything is real. Uh, we see that with like exorcism stuff too. Like suddenly they realize that what they've been faking is real. And we get to see that in this movie as well. He's faking being a dampier. He's faking ridding the world of vampires. And then it turns out he is a dampier and vampires are real. So I love that trope. Um, the altered weapon. I love that trope. So we see it with the UV grenade. Is that blade that did that? And then we have UV bullets. Oh, that was... um. Underworld, which yes, is on my list of things to do. The UV grenade is in Blade, the UV bullets are in Underworld, and then the wooden bullets in Vampire Diaries. We see that one too. So in this one, it's dampier blood covered bullets. I love the idea of an altered weapon. Um, and, you know, I love a forbidden romance trope. 
hunter and vampire, vampire and werewolf, slayer and vampire. And in this one, we get Dampier and vampire. Now it's only hinted at, but I'm pretty sure that's what we're seeing. Tropes I hate. We're going to talk about this in my thoughts. And trust me, you'll know what I'm talking about. All right, we're here. Everybody's favorite the ratings. <laughs> I feel so much pressure doing the ratings now because everybody loves them so much and I do take them so seriously. Norman is snoring. I don't know if you can pick that up on the microphone, but the cat is snoring under the tree. He is out. All right. How scary or evil are the vampires of Dampier? These vampires hunt in packs, which is very dangerous for humans. They carry weapons. We see one of the vamps, like a couple of the vamps show up to fight the Dampier and the soldier with freaking automatic weapons. Like, that's not fair. You're a vampire. You're fast. You're strong. And you have a machine gun. Um, other than Tesla, it seems as if the vampires are just sort of bloodlusting animals that just want to eat humans. So that's not cool. They leave piles of bodies. Like they leave towns empty with just piled of exsanguinated bodies. They're fast, they're strong. The masters can kill from far away. The vamps can call fire in their hand. They're not necessarily restricted by the sun. Uh, holy objects don't stop them. They're pretty hard to kill. Especially if you don't have a dampier handy. So if you don't know a dampier, like you're kind of screwed in this world. So that being said, eight out of 10 stakes to the heart for scariness and evil. Poof. They lose a point because the lesser vamps are essentially slaves to the master. Um, and Tesla proves they can choose to help humans. So they, they lose a couple points there. But other than that, eight out of 10 stakes to the heart. That's nothing to scoff at. You guys should be very, very proud. How sexy or alluring are the vampires of Dampier? These are not the kind of vampires that you're going to be inexplicably drawn to, okay? They're not going to bring out your wildest desires. They're not going to fill you with lust and take you to bed for a night of passion. These vamps will eat you and walk away. Uh, it's implied that Tesla has fallen in love with the Dampier, but that doesn't mean that she's full of lust. The master says that they'll do anything for blood. So probably important to know. Uh, they do get the honorary vamp point and then they get one point because obviously they can have sex or else a dampier would not exist but we don't know that that was like a lust-filled tryst uh, a you know a passionate romantic affair for all we know it was one and done and he did it because he wanted to create a dampier so two out of ten onks for sexiness and allure the humans are terrified of these vampires. They're not drooling when the vamp walks into the room. They're screaming. So, two out of ten onks for sexiness and allure. Listen, don't take it personal. This is just business. I'm just following a rating system here. My thoughts. Okay. I will always be down to watch a good Dampier story. I don't know why. I love it. I know the bar is very high because Blade is so good. It's so well done. Um, but there's always room in the vampire genre for new ways to tell an old story. 
Um, I love that this was set in the midst of an actual war. It sort of like complicates the work of the heroes. It makes them feel like, it makes it feel like the movie is kind of more desperate. Circumstances are more dire because they're not just fighting vampires, but they're in the midst of an actual war. It's a war-torn country. Um, something that we don't see too often, vampires with automatic weapons. So that definitely raised the bar. Uh, the vampires are not playing around in this, you know, very well done. I, it really like raises the stakes when the vamps are so ruthless and your only option is this one damp here, like this one guy. And think about the pressure he has on his shoulders for all of that. The movie left a huge opening for a sequel. They weren't even like hiding the fact that they want to keep this going. I will be interested to see if it comes out. And if Dampier 2 comes out, I will be the first one in line to watch it because I want to continue watching this story. It pulled me in. It won me despite one thing. And you would think anybody who knows me would watch this movie and be like, well, Belina's out. We're going to get to that. They really underused Gorka. And I'm not just saying that because I like David Morrissey. He was such a strong villain and so intriguing and so interesting and so cool. And they really underused him. I would have liked to see more of his story. I would have liked to see like a bigger uh, co final confrontation. They really underused him. I'll tell you one thing this movie <laughs> showed me was I need to have like a big stone throne that I'm just draped across whenever people come over. Like I need to invite guests over and just be draped across a stone throne as they walk through the door because that was badass. Um, that being said, he's dead now. So I don't know how much we'll ever get to see of him unless they do like a prequel or we get to see just his story, but he was such a good villain. And we know there's other masters. Like where does Gorka fall? How many masters are there? I just, I would have loved to see more with him and I wish they had used him more. The movie to me felt more of like a fantasy than a horror. I didn't do a lot of digging. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, this was a very last minute edition. So if I found out it was based on a comic or a video game, I would be like, yeah, I can totally see that. It felt a little bit like, um, blood rain only good. Um, I did not do a lot of digging into this. I'm sorry. I didn't do the usual research that I do because this is a last minute edition. But if you told me that this was based on a video game or a comic book, I would be like, yes, I totally see that. It kind of felt a little bit like blood rain only like actually good, but it, it kind of had that sort of feel to it. I, I, it really felt a little more like a fantasy than anything else. Um, the first scene of the movie is the Dampier being born. And we see these three witches that, that are, have the baby. They're like, we're taking him, we're raising him. And, um, we will raise him until he can choose. And then we jump to present day where now the Dampier's grown and all this stuff. And we don't know a whole lot about what happened in between. Now, fast forward to the big boss fight between Dampier and the master Gorka. The Dampier is getting his ass handed to him. 
Gorka is beating the shit out of him, okay? He's on the ground. And at one point, Gorka says, like, I can tell by the smell of your blood that you're the son of Draca, which we already knew what his last name was. But it was clear there's, like, some kind of issue between Gorka and Draca. Um, and he says, like, I don't know why he let you live so long. So I guess there's a history of, like, knocking up human women and then just, like, axing the baby. I don't, I don't know. That's not explained. The Dampier's on the ground. I think he dies at this point because all of a sudden he's like in his vision and we see the three witches and they say, it's time to choose. And he stands and he's like, I choose to know. And he turns. And at this point in time, we see a field of impaled soldiers and torches. And I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And we see his dad, Draca. It is not said, but it is heavily implied based on a later picture that we see of Draca with a dragon and a field full of impaled people that it's effing Dracula. He's the son of Dracula. So at this point in time, the movie's almost over. And I was like, all right, this is like a solid movie. I'm into this. Like, I'm going to recommend this to people. Then I saw those impaled bodies and I was like, mother Dracula. Of course, of course, Harlan is the son of Dracula. Why not? So at this point in time, I screamed out. I was like, no, I was groaning because you guys know how I feel about this. So he has like a back to he has like a back and forth with his father wakes up. I guess he's either like either you needed to die and be resurrected to go full Dampier or you have to accept your fate as Dampier. But now he's in his full power and he, you know, he kills Gorka. So, boo. This is the trope I was referring to. The trope I hate, which is using Dracula to either solidify the story or amp up the power behind it or make it more exciting. It's not a good twist, everybody. Okay. Why does Dracula have to be pulled into every stinking story? At that point in time, I was down. I was, I was there for it. I was there for the story. I'm here for the sequel. So just, just like whatever was happening between Gorka and Draca, I'm like, oh, there's beef back there. I want to know all about it. He didn't have to be Dracula. It was still good. Anywho, you guys know how I feel about this, but here's we go. It was a great story. In my opinion, you did not need Dracula. Okay. It was a great story, but that's okay. Because what do we say on this podcast? Everybody's allowed to write whatever they want to write. It's their vampire story. It's their world. So they pulled Dracula into it. Whatever. I will still go see the sequel if it comes out. That's my review of Dampier. It is worth a watch. Go check it out on Netflix. Let me know what you think. Speaking of The Count, um, next week we will be back with Bram Stoker's Dracula. David Morrissey, if you're ever watching this, thank you so much. I'm so, like, what a weird circle just happened between Monster Mania 2022 and right now. But uh, I'm glad I watched it. Very exciting. I'm really jealous you got to play a vampire in a movie so jealous anywho please join me next week when we do bram stoker's dracula and then the week after when we talk about psi vampires and i have my special guest on it's gonna be very exciting 
And now I'm gonna um, finish my Wolf's Bane blend from Vampire Tea Company and edit this because I promised to have it dropped in about 12 hours. So I waited to the last minute, but let me know what you think about the new podcast room. Let me know what you would like to see in 2024, which is season four of The Beautiful Dead. I love you guys. I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.